Coming up on today's Compassion Radio. If I don't know the Word of God, then often I don't know what breaks His heart. If I don't know His Word and it's not a pattern in my life to dig into His Word, then I don't know. But when I expose myself to His Word, I begin to see His heart much more clearly. No wonder it's so difficult at times to develop a consistent prayer life and Bible reading time. But just continue to stay in the Gospels if you have to until it just becomes clear. Sandy, welcome back to the studio today. It's an important day, of course. We're either celebrating or mourning today, depending on which mm, side of the political spectrum yeah, you're on. That's true. I wanted to highlight, before we start this special program, part two, the importance of reminding ourselves in a day after an election what elect means for the faithful. Mm, okay. And I need to reiterate this every time we talk about politics in relation to the kingdom. We are citizens of two realms. As the electorate of a republic, we enjoy great privileges. But as adopted heirs of the kingdom, we have an eternal, unshakable birthright Mm -hmm. that we need to be reminded of even today. No matter what happened with your election vote, whatever the outcome of that election, our election in Christ is sure if we have Christ Mm, as our guarantor of our salvation. I think it's important for us, especially today, to jump right back in that boat and say, this boat has sailed and it's going to keep sailing. It's not going to sink because Jesus is at the helm. And get ourselves back in that mode of thanking God that he made us his own. Yeah, yeah. And that we are so grateful to be part of a nation that also makes it possible without persecution to worship that God openly. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that today. Absolutely, I am too. What you're saying really flows well into the message that we are presenting from Pastor Gary. In this segment that we're going to be listening to, he talks about our hearts being broken. There's a lot that we can look at around our nation, especially, and around the world that breaks the heart of God. Hmm. Gary really speaks on this so well and so profoundly I mean, I've listened to this several times, and every time I listen to it, it just moves my heart. And it challenges me. Let's just jump in yeah. and listen and the, to what Gary the has Gary to say. Gary we're talking about here is our special guest this week. He's one of the two senior pastors at Legacy Church in Liberty Lake, Washington. We should say it today that their website address is wearelegacy.church. If you are interested in finding out more about the pastor you're going to hear today, the excerpts that we've highlighted from the sermon he did on dangerous prayers, especially the one called compassion. The prayer we pray around that is, Lord, break my heart for the things that break yours. And that, my friends, is absolutely at the very core of what Compassion Radio has been for decades. You know this if you listen to us for any length of time, Hmm. that we're trying to get to the heart of what God feels about things. We have no better word to say than feels at this point. Does God have emotions? I'm not sure if it's quite the same as we feel emotions, but he invented them. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it is absolutely an expression of his heart. And I do think that when we talk about God's heart being broken, we need to think about things that are just bigger than our feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll talk more about the idea of how our hearts are broken and what it means to have our hearts broken at the end of the program today. For right now, we'll turn it over to Pastor Gary Moreno of Legacy Church in Liberty Lake, Washington for the next segment.
break my heart with the things that break your heart. And God says, okay. Lord, distress my heart. I want to be burdened by what burdens you. God says, okay. To better understand this prayer, I want to address a few questions along the way. And the first question is this. How do I discover what breaks God's heart? How do I discover what breaks his heart? See, this dangerous prayer surfaces and it's revealed in a few ways. And we discover what breaks God's heart through the spoken word. Sometimes just in this environment, the preaching of the word or teaching of the word. You may be on a YouTube station listening to a message or in a corporate gathering like this. And something that is spoken. How many of you have been in a service any time in your life? I know I could raise my hand multiple times. When you felt like the pastor was reading out of your journal. Like, man, those are those moments when the Lord is surfacing something in your life that he wants you to take note of. And it mandates a response. So through the spoken word, also through prayer. Just prayer, just time where the Holy Spirit, as you're waiting on God, as you're speaking to the Lord or just listening, he'll begin to just lay in your heart. I mean, there's many times. I was in the middle of study. It was about 9.30. And the Lord brought to mind uh, Pat, who lost her husband a little over a year ago. I wasn't necessarily even in prayer mode, but just just dropped her in my heart like God. And I sent her a text. I said, you know, I'm praying for you right now. Praying for you that God would just be with you and surround you. So just sometimes in those moments through prayer or and probably most often through his word, through the Bible, through the word of God, his known word, his spoken word. And then there's through prayer and then there's through his known word, the word of God. You just read through the Gospels. And by the way, this would be a great challenge. Like pray this prayer. Break my heart with the things that break your heart. And then read the Gospels. Lord, I pray, break my heart. Distress my heart with the things that distressed your heart. And then read the book of John. His word becomes, at that moment, the plumb line. It becomes fundamental. It becomes primary in the journey to find what breaks the heart of God. Here's what's important to that. The flip side of that is if I don't know the word of God, then often I don't know what breaks his heart. If I don't know his word and it's not a pattern in my life to dig into his word, then then I don't know. But when I expose myself to his word, I begin to see his heart much more clearly. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You begin to see it. No wonder, think about it, if exposing myself to the word of God reveals more of his heart more of what burdens his heart. No wonder it's so difficult at times to develop a consistent prayer life and Bible reading time, specifically Bible reading. Like, man, I just struggle. I get into Leviticus and right. I just, I struggle because I get into some of the hard books. I don't really understand, but just continue to stay in the gospels if you have to for a while until it just becomes clear. So what breaks the heart of God? What quickly surfaces when you study the Gospels, it's just this. Very simply, we're going to land here. There's a lot of things, but we're going to land here today. What breaks the heart of God is a people who reject him. And when you get into, in the Gospels, the triumphal entry, and you'll hear this, like most likely on Palm Sunday, we dive into the triumphal entry when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. He's entering the city. The crowds are cheering. They think the Messiah has come, and the one is going to conquer Rome, and they're going to deliver the people. And it's an amazing moment. Palm branches, and they're laying their coats down. And, and as he's just coming through, and, and there's shouts of celebration, we find Jesus, what's he doing? He's weeping. He's in sorrow. 
fact, here's what it says, Luke 19. It says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep, sob. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. He wept. Why was he brokenhearted as he was coming into Jerusalem? It's important to get this. What breaks the heart of God? People who reject him. This is God incarnate. Jesus has come and he's, and he's coming into the city and he knows. So he's omniscient. He knows what's going to happen. He knows that, that the same people that are shouting Hosanna, blessed is he who's come in the name of the Lord, are the same people that not too long from now are going to be shouting what? Crucify him. He knows that. Before we go back to the program today, I just want to remind you that Compassion Radio is a communications ministry, and it depends on the faithful support of you to keep bringing inspiring stories to the air each day. Our vision partners support us monthly with gifts large and small and make it possible for us to take you to the very front lines of faith. Whether you join our vision team or make a one-time gift, thank you for believing in and standing by this ministry. We're here to bring you real good news in every situation. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478 to make your gift. You can also text the word COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone or visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Thank you, friends, for everything you've done and what you'll do today. We love you. And now back to today's special program. He's omniscient. He knows what's going to happen. He knows that that the same people that are shouting Hosanna, blessed is he who's come in the name of the Lord, are the same people that not too long from now are going to be shouting what? Crucify him. He knows that. He knew that Judas would betray him. He knew that Peter would deny him, these hand-picked disciples. He knew that Caiaphas, the high priest, would conspire against him to see him through to his death. He knew the future of Jerusalem, that it would crumble. Or maybe he wept because his earthly ministry was almost over. That he knew his time was short. So let's think about it for a moment. He had faithfully loved the people. He had healed their sick. He had raised their dead. He had cleansed their lepers. He would fed their hungry, forgiven their sins. And yet for the most part, through all of that, they rejected him. He did all of that, and all around him was this pressure. These people fighting against him, tugging against him. Mostly, again, his own people. John 1.11 says it this way. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. In an earlier lament, he said this, Luke 13. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing The New Living Translation says it this way. How long, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. And in fact, a little further on in that verse, it says this. You did not recognize the time of the Lord's visitation. That God was in your midst and you didn't recognize him. And so he wept. 
this broke God's heart. What breaks God's heart? People who reject him. Cities, nations that reject God. Think about it. And it still breaks his heart. Somewhere along the line, Paul must have prayed this dangerous prayer. Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. Because we see it in Romans 9.1. He kind of had the same burden. He said, with Christ as my witness, I speak with other truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. That's a powerful prayer. You're saying the prayer, break my heart for the things that break your heart. What, what happens is that prayer transitions to this, break my heart for those who reject you, Lord. Because I see in your word that that does indeed break your heart. So Lord, break my heart every time I see people that reject you. That Every time I see people that stiff arm you. Every time I see people or a nation, America, that pushes you aside and pushes you away. Lord, break my heart for the lost. Break my heart for those that are far from God. Break my heart for people who have yet to cross the line of faith. Break my heart for my neighbors. Break my heart for people that don't know you and don't want anything to do with you. Break my heart and just go right on down the line. Anybody pushing God out of the picture, out of the equation. Why? Because it most certainly breaks the heart of God. What breaks the heart of God is that unbelief the rejection. When the human heart closes, he doesn't just shove his way in. You got to hear this. You're watching this and you're wondering where God fits into all this and you shoved him aside and you've shoved him aside all of your life. God doesn't enter forcibly. The Bible says he knocks at the door of your heart. And if anyone hears his voice and opens the door, that he'll come in in relationship, establish relationship with you, introduce hope for you. But he allows you to choose. What breaks his heart is he knows where that choice will lead. He knows where the choice to reject God will lead. He knows where that will take your life. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And his heart breaks So when I pray the prayer, let me say it again. Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. And I see how our world and the nation specifically has rejected him. It ought to draw something more out of me than just a political response. Can I say that here? If it really indeed is breaking my heart the way it's breaking his heart, it ought to draw something out of me more than a pious response, sort of looking down my nose at those God-haters, evil people, icky sinners. It should compel me to something more than a judgmental response or, God forbid, a hateful response or, or maybe worse yet, worse yet, an indifferent response. You know, there's the sin of commission, the things that I do and commit that are sins before the Lord that are very obvious. And then there are sins of omission, right, where I just do nothing. I'm indifferent. It doesn't move me. It doesn't shake me. It doesn't affect my heart at all. Sins of omission and and that there's sin inherent in that sort of laissez-faire. I don't care about you. You stay in your box. I'll stay in my box. So the natural progression is this. I pray the dangerous prayer, Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart. 
I go to the gospels, I go to the word and I discover what breaks his heart. It makes sense then that the God who reveals what breaks his heart in scriptures is going to show me how to respond. He's going to show me by his word what I ought to do, what my response should be. Well, friends, if God hasn't been tugging on your heart today from Gary's message, um, check your pulse. <laughs> There's something about allowing God to break our heart that is an act of will. It's not even an act of emotion. It's surrendering to the reality that God's core feels things, for lack of a better term. Well, like you said earlier, God invented emotion. He gave it to us as such a gift. And sometimes it seems like a burden to have the emotions that mm. we have. But praying a prayer like, break my heart is dangerous because if you really mean it, if you really allow God through the Holy Spirit to move in your heart, your heart will be broken. And it sometimes feels very devastating. There's a passage in the book of Isaiah that says, I'm undone. Mm. And he's unable to do anything because he's so undone by the glory of God, but by and the his holiness. That's, that's the thing he experiences. Yes, the things that he experienced. The whole God. truly otherness of God which is so far beyond. But I think if we allow the Holy Spirit to really be Lord of our emotion, to be Lord of our will, we will be undone in that same way mm -hmm. because we will see the things that burden the heart of God. Gary talked about a few times in Scripture where Jesus is undone mm. and where Jesus weeps over things. So as a human, God in the flesh, he definitely had these emotions. Well, think of that shortest verse in the Bible. We kind of joke about it when we're in Sunday school, but the shortest verse, of course, is Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. What a weak word for what the scriptures are trying to get across. Yes. Jesus didn't just shed a tear. The word means he wailed. Yeah. That he had a fit of emotion that he could not control. Yeah. That's the kind of weeping that is being mentioned in those two words from the book of John. Deep, gut-wrenching cry because yeah. he's lost his friend. And he feels the feelings of others. He mm -hmm. empathizes and enters into the suffering of all those who loved Lazarus like he did. But there's definitely some differences between God's heart being broken and ours being broken. I want to talk about that for a few minutes because we do know that God knows everything. Mm -hmm. God does not walk into a room and suddenly discover that he's not loved or that somebody he's been pursuing doesn't want him anymore. He knows all these things. So he's not suddenly surprised by heartbreak. We can stumble into situations where things really surprise us and break our hearts, or we see something we've never seen before, or we realize our naivete we break down in the face of this truth which intrudes so forcefully into our lives, our well-kept delusions. Mm -hmm. God's not like that. Do you have any ideas, honey, about what God's heartbreakingness, his brokenness is like compared to ours? Gary touched on that a little bit in this segment of his sermon. He talked about how do we find out what breaks God's heart? He mentioned that we read the scripture. We go to the Bible and we search the scripture to see the kinds of things that God is impassioned about, the mm. kind of things that God invests in. And we always see that it is people. And he's always passionate about his children. He also said the spoken word of God. So when you're in church, you're hearing a sermon or you're listening to a podcast and you're hearing the spoken word of God is the way God reveals himself and through prayer and worship. 
prayer and worship is a time when you are focused on God, focused on the things of God, and God begins to reveal his heart to you. So those are just some ways that Gary mentioned to know or to begin to search out what breaks God's heart. I've heard it preached before, too, that when God looks at us as unrepentant, unwilling to yield to truth, unwilling to accept him, that what he's seeing basically is a stillborn human life. Mm-hmm. That there's everything we could have been that he sees so clearly that is never going to be because that person will not be born again. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that God mourns the thing which is not is part of his brokenness. So when people reject God. And knowing it's going to happen, or when mm-hmm. Judas is going to turn away and betray Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing all of that, he that's, still loves. That's interesting. I think about that so often. Jesus himself knew the betrayal that was happening, that would come from Judas, and yet he still brought Judas into his inner circle and, and was, not as was a the close friend of him. strange third person. No, I or, think he was very invested, very yeah. much part of it. But also, he knew that Peter would deny him, and yet... He loved Peter deeply. Mm -hmm. We see the differences in repentance when Peter repented of the offense, came back to Jesus and was completely 100% invested then and became the pillar of the church. And Judas, being unrepentant, took his own life. We see there's a difference there, but I think that God's heart could be broken in a sense that when we reject him, or we just ignore him. As parents, I think it's difficult when we know that one of our children is upset with us, rejecting counsel that we've given them, going their own way. They're not talking to you. So we know that feeling of rejection and how that breaks our heart. Oh, not that that's ever happened to us. Never. But how God... But we can imagine it. But how God must feel as the creator of the universe, as the creator of my soul, and my spirit when I reject him. If you've ever met or have been somebody who has lost a child, whether a stillborn child or you've lost a child who's grown up and didn't make it through adulthood, or you're somebody who has, over the years, suffered the lie that abortion is and have come out the other side realizing that the person that God formed in me will never be known by me in this lifetime. Whatever those experiences are that sever the bond between you and a child— It's as close as we can get in this life to understanding what God goes through every day for having chosen to love mankind. Mm. If we can empathize with God at all, his brokenness for us as a people, as individuals, is so profound that it takes a God-sized strength to overcome all of that to continue loving us, and yet God does. He chooses to rejoice over us and love his children and to love everybody who runs from him and will forever. And those who would choose to hurt his children and attack them to get at God. Mm -hmm. He still loves them. That's the core of the passionate message that Gary's been preaching today. That the things that break the heart of God are scary for us because it's going to go way beyond just feeling things that are sad. Oh, yeah. It's going to go into the territory of things that are impossible Mm -hmm. for us to do Mm -hmm. by ourselves. And so if we pray, God, break my heart for the people that have rejected you, that puts us on a whole different trajectory. That can be a very difficult place to be. And are we willing to be willing to mourn those who run from him? Can they go to eternity no matter what, knowing they were loved by somebody? Mm -hmm. Can those who turn against Jesus at least understand when they die They were not forsaken. 
They were loved mm -hmm. by those who loved Jesus. So the question is, for those of us who may not have the spiritual gift of evangelism, how do you respond to that? My answer to that is straightforward, but it sounds like a cop-out on the face of it. It's simply this. Everything you do shows what you believe and who you love. Mm -hmm. If your life is lived in a way that points everything back to Jesus, living intentionally in such a way that you know that Jesus would be proud to be with you in public. Mm-hmm. Do you want to live that kind of way? Or do you want to be the kind of people that Jesus came down hard on all the time, which were the legalists, mm -hmm. the people that were always looking down on others? Yeah. No matter what they say about the people that Jesus claims as his children in his kingdom, no matter what they do to the body, and they know that they're being seen as someone who is loved, can they see that in us by the way we treat them? That goes right back to things that we've talked about so many times on Compassion Radio. Just being willing to sit with someone and hear their story, mm -hmm. to be able to have that holy empathy mm -hmm. and listening and holding their story in your hands as a delicate treasure. We talk about doing that so often as we travel overseas, but I think doing that on a daily basis with people that you come in contact with, just be with them in their story, in their life, and hold their story as sacred, whether they choose to follow Jesus because of something that you've said, or they continue to reject the Word of God. Like you said, Bram, you're still showing them the love of God, helping them to see that they are precious. That is the evangel. This is mm -hmm. the speaking the name and living out the name of Jesus. Absolutely. There's much more to come on the program, so hope to join us again for part three of this special series with Gary Moreno of Legacy Church as our special guest and speaker. Thanks for joining us. Remember, friends, your giving this month doesn't just support this unique media ministry. Every dime beyond our baseline budgeting is going to support the relief and rebuilding efforts in war-torn regions of Ukraine, led by wonderful Christian ministries already on the ground and doing tremendous work. I strongly encourage you to give above and beyond this month so we can make the most impact possible. Just call or write us today to help keep us on the air and in the field. Call 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And jump in anytime at CompassionRadio.com. We're waiting for you, friends. Hop on board.